Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Welcome again to RUF, guys, uh, at the kind of the midpoint of the semester. How does it feel? Does it feel like you've been here about half of the semester or so? Pretty good? Um, thanks for coming again, guys. I know that this is a busy time of year, so I appreciate it a lot that you came. It's a little breezy and cool today, too, so thanks for coming. Uh, we are, uh, at RUF, we look at the Bible each week, and this semester uh, we're taking on the book of Ephesians, which is uh, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote from prison to a uh, people, a group of people that lived in a place called Ephesus, where he had started a church. And uh, we've covered a lot so far, but uh, as we, before we look at this text Tonight, I wanted you to imagine a scenario. So imagine this scenario. You walk, let's say you're like on campus and you're thinking like, I need a good meal. I'm going to walk over to Dog Lane Cafe. And so you walk over to Dog Lane Cafe and you walk in. And as you walk through the door, the manager hands you an apron and says, hey, get to work. What would your reaction be? You'd probably be like, what? I don't work here. Like, who? I've never met you before. Who are you? And I want to suggest to you that that's what most people's idea of what the Bible and Christianity is. All right? Most people's perception is that the Bible contains a lot of rules, and it's unclear what the point is or where these rules are coming from. And so that can lead to a lot of confusion and a general just like writing off of the Bible, which the Bible does contain lots of rules, but it contains uh, much more. And um, the book of Ephesians that we've read this semester, uh, half of now, is proof that that the Bible is nothing like that, actually. Uh, So far, we've covered half the book of Ephesians, and there haven't been any rules whatsoever. No commands, no rules. Everything that Paul's written about has been about what God is doing in our world. Uh, He's written about how God is fixing our world. He's transforming it, first by rescuing broken and sinful and rebellious people, uh, people like us, uh, people that don't deserve to have anything to do with God, And he calls these people the church. And the way that God rescues his people is that he comes to earth himself. Jesus comes and he lays down his life so that his people can be free from sin and the brokenness that's consumed them. And uh, so the big idea in Ephesians is grace. God saves his people by grace. And now what we've been reading about in the last couple weeks is that God's now using his people to extend his grace into the world. And so in other words, before God says anything, before Paul says anything about what these Christians should do, he tells them first who they are. They're God's beloved people already. They've already been bought by him at infinite cost. And in light of that, 
Paul now, this is like the turning point in the letter. So now he's going to start telling them the implications of being God's people. And that's a good way to think about commands and rules in the Bible is that uh, they're implications of the gospel. If the gospel is true, if Jesus did this, then there is a right way to live. But in Christianity, being always precedes doing which is different than any other religion. Every other religion, doing precedes being. You, you do what your God wants so that you can earn the reward. And biblical Christianity is totally different because uh, in the Bible, every commandment is a response to grace. Uh, it's like now that you've been brought in, here's what life is like in God's family. This is how we were meant to live, in other words. Uh, so in light of in understanding that, uh, the way that God instructs his people, uh, that being precedes doing, let's read this next part of Ephesians, uh, where Paul begins his practical instructions to this group. So Ephesians 4, uh, 1 through 16. Uh, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he... Ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to, measure of the, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ." from whom the whole body joined and held together by every part, every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself up in love. Uh, let me pray for us again. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to your text, uh, your, your word now, this text, uh, from many different places. Uh, some of us are worn out and some of us are energized and some of us uh, come with many doubts and some come confidently and, and no matter who we are and where we come from tonight we pray that you would uh, apply this text to our hearts uh, we pray that you would show us your truth and that your truth would set us free in jesus name we pray amen okay so after all these grand and lofty truths uh, that we've been looking at all semester long about god how god came to save his people, uh, that he's so kind and so merciful and gracious, Paul begins to give these instructions to these Christians. Uh, it's, like you're, it's like, now that you've seen what God has done, here is how you should live. And 
In this next section, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about things like sex and marriage and relationships and authority. But first, uh, I, want you, I, I want you to think about what the first implication is. You know, what would, what's the first implication if all this thing is true? What it is, what we find out that it is, is God's people need to be a people of unity. Uh, the first implication is that uh, God's people need to be one. And so I want to look at that under three headings tonight. Uh, God calls us to unity. And I want to look at the heading of first, we're all the same. So it talks about how we're all the same. And it talks about how we're all different. And then it talks about how we're all becoming beautiful together. Uh, so that's the uh, outline for tonight. First of all, we're all the same. Uh, Paul says that if you're a Christian, then your identity as a Christian should unite you to all other Christians, uh, no matter how different they may be from you. Uh, anybody traveled internationally around the world? A few people. Uh, I've, I've had the privilege of being able to travel to a lot of places, which has meant that I've tried a lot of different McDonald's in other countries. Anybody been to a McDonald's in another country? Uh, some of it's weird. Like, it's kind of weird to us, right? Like, the bacon, they cannot get right in, like, any other country. And uh, there's certain... Diff- like different menu items and things like that in different countries. Uh, but the thing that unites McDonald's around the world is that the fries, like it's always McDonald's fries. And uh, no ma- like if you're hungry for like some like American food in another place, like some McDonald's fries will just hit the spot because the fries are always the same no matter all the differences. And uh, what Paul's talking about here is that we have the same God as all other Christians. We have the same spirit of God within us. The same thing has happened to us. We share a similar story of being lost and then found, a similar story of knowing God's forgiveness, his redemption. Uh, The gospel is this message that God enters into the world to save sinners and that's the only thing that can unify. I want you to think about that. It's the only thing that can unify. And unity is a really big deal. Like today more than ever, like I've heard uh, lately like news stories about how like older people are saying like, I've never seen it this bad. The tension in our culture, in our society, just the way that people uh, are at each other. And uh, it makes me think of when I was a little kid, one of the big news stories was Rodney King. You guys know the Rodney King L.A. riots happened in 1992. Uh, It was one of the, we've had like so many more stories like this since then, but it was one of the first where uh, Rodney King was an African-American man and on tape he had been attacked by police officers and uh, these police officers were acquitted, unbelievably, and rioting broke out all over L.A really bad rioting and in the midst of that there's this soundbite it's like the soundbite of 1992 where Rodney King coming out of court is saying like can we all just get along can we all just get along and it's always been happening like there has always been division in Paul's day it was bad and today it's bad whether it's race or you want to talk about politics today or anything it's just bad And Christianity is the only, you know, the gospel is the only thing that can actually provide unity because only in the gospel do we all stand equally guilty before God, who is a God of love, a God of mercy. 
Uh, a lot of people's idea of unity is that like we should compromise. You know, you should get rid of that thing you believe, and I'll get rid of that thing I believe, and we'll find some commonality. Uh, but what Paul is saying is that what we believe is really the basis of unity. Uh, there's nothing else like the gospel. Nowhere do we find a God who within himself is three in one. He's a relationship within himself. And nowhere do we find a God who creates uh, to draw people into this relationship. And nowhere do we find a God who loves his enemies. Like that doesn't exist anywhere. A God who loves his enemies and he pursues them uh, to the point of death so that they can be brought in. In other words, we need to be united together, but to be united we need to know what we believe. We need to know what's true. And this is why uh, in RUF we make a big deal of the Bible. This is, we could look at a lot, we could talk about a lot of things week in and week out, but what we do is we look to the Bible because we believe that it is truth. It is the source of everything. It's the source definitely of unity. We cannot uh, be united as one unless we know what's true and what we believe. Um, We're all so different in so many ways. Like, think about it. We're, we come from so many different places, and we're all so different in so many ways. But if we have Jesus, then we're the same. It means that we were, we were created by the same God. We ran from the same God. And this God brought us back. Uh, so we can be one because Jesus made, has made us one. Uh, if we lose Jesus, we lose that. So uh, we're all the same in this passage. That's kind of the first point that Paul makes. But the second is that we're all different. Uh, in the midst of talking about unity, Paul starts to talk about how God's people have different gifts in this passage. God's people are different. Uh, so unity involves sameness, but it also involves appreciating differences. Uh, differences are what make life interesting, but they also make life difficult, right? Uh, I have, uh, I, I think I was actually talking about this with Jonathan a little earlier this week, because um, Jonathan is getting ready to move, and which is sadly for us, and he's moving, and I was telling him about like, so when I moved, when I went to grad school, I was, I had this friend that I was going to be a roommate with, and he's still one of my best friends. He's just an amazing guy. He does my job at a different university, and uh, we were going to be roommates, and he's pretty different from me in a lot of ways, in the ways that he thinks. And, you know, I'm kind of like a little uptight about details. Like, I'm pretty detail-oriented. My calendar is like always, I know what's going on on my calendar. I like check the weather often, and I check the news often, and I kind of just know what's up. And I like to have kind of my ducks in a row in that way. And so I was getting ready uh, to move to another city with this friend and I was like talking to him I was like we need a place to live and he was like yeah like there's this family they said we could live with them and I was like what like are you sure he's like yeah I'm pretty sure and I was just like no like I need to know like details and then like we're living together and it's the summertime and and he's like you know I can't believe classes are starting in like a couple of weeks and I was like, dude, they start in like 36 hours. Like, have you not bought your books yet? Like, uh, that's kind of just how different we are. Um, but he's extremely gifted. Like, he is one of the most loving and caring pastors I know. And like, he's very intelligent and he's just 
different from me. And it's actually great, even though sometimes it's like, ah, I don't understand you. Like, what are you doing? Um, And differences are what make things like RUF hard sometimes, because it's like, I don't get this person. Like, I'm totally, like, I see a completely different perspective. Uh, I have totally different interests. And if you were to venture into the church, you would find even more of that, right? Uh, just people, like, what is, what is the deal with all these people? Uh, the reason that Paul is actually having to write about unity here is because it's so hard. Like, it doesn't come naturally to us to just be like, oh, you're different than me? That's totally cool. Let's be one. Um, differences are really a reason why people avoid the church altogether. Because it's hard. But Paul only talks about the beauty of the differences. Paul's point is that the differences are beautiful. In verse 7, he actually says that uh, the gifts are from Jesus, the differences are from Jesus himself. Like, Jesus gives different gifts to different people, and they're, they're actually, like, in verse 8, it talks about how it's a result of Jesus' death and resurrection. Like, because Jesus is king, he can just bestow gifts upon his people, different things that they're good at. So the reason we should appreciate differences in people is that they're actually from God. But even more importantly, these differences allow us to fully serve God together. This is why I appreciate engineers. I know there's some engineers in here, and um, I've been around UConn a long time, and there's always been engineers coming in and out of RUF, and something I like to do is go to the expo at the end of the school year, sometimes like the senior design thing in Gamble. And it's so funny to me because like I hear from students throughout the year about like their project and what they're working on. And so I go see it and I can just make like no sense of anything. I, you know, they've got like their poster and I'm just like, it means absolutely nothing to me, uh, but I'm glad like you think it's oh like God, you know what we're doing what you're doing because like we need people like you to build things that I use you know without that if it were on me to figure this stuff out it would be over uh, we need to think of the church that way there's tons of different people you may find many of them weird and different but if the church were full of people like you no one else would come to know God. No one else would see his beauty. Think about RUF, or think if you're a churchgoer, think about church or people in your community. Do you tolerate differences in people, or do you love that people are different from you? When you go to a gathering like this, or to another gathering, do you congregate around the people that are most like you? Or do you move toward the people that are different from you? Paul's message is that if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, people that are unified and that that can reach uh, people with the message of grace, we're going to have to really love differences. And I actually think our, our community does actually a pretty good job of this. Like, I think we're pretty unique on this campus in terms of like a group of people that are really different from each other uh, that have a lot of fun together actually and so it's you know we can do it more like we should be doing this more but I think it's a pretty cool thing about RUF Uh, so we're the same 
but we're different. And finally, what Paul kind of, the way Paul kind of brings it home is he says that we're becoming beautiful together. Um, and he talks about humility and gentleness at the beginning of this passage. And humility and gentleness is really, like, that's the real first implication of the gospel because the gospel just levels the playing field, right? You're not, like, more dead than anyone else, right? Dead is dead. Uh, Ephesians 2, it said, Paul says, we were dead in sin. And, you know, you just can't look at someone else and be like, oh, you're worse than me. Uh, because we were all just at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. And so humility is the first fruit, right? It's just like, uh, you know, you're, you did that thing, but like, th- that was not cool what you did, but like, I do uncool things too, and so I can understand. Uh, I'm, we're like each other in that way, and I can be gentle. And kind of the second implication is that uh, we need to be dependent on one another. Paul says that what will happen as we grow together is that we'll begin to function like a body. He uses this illustration of the human body. and it's the, the human body is amazing, right? Like for those of you that study this kind of thing, uh, and what makes the body amazing is how interconnected it all is. There's all these parts, but they all work together. Uh, have you ever thought, have you thought lately about breathing and how amazing breathing is, right? Right, you take a breath in and out. And what's happening is that like there's oxygen in this air and our cells need oxygen. And so we have these things called lungs and they like take the oxygen and they send it through the blood and to the cells and the heart. You know, I'm messing it up, I know, but like all, you know, when, when you, and it comes back to the heart and it's like, and then you exhale carbon dioxide because that's like the byproduct. And that's just one breath. So many things have happened. It's so interconnected. It's so amazing. And what Paul's saying is, like, that's what God's people are becoming. Like, that's the end result. Like, that's what God is building here as a people that's that amazing and more. And he says that's what maturity is. That's what fullness is. is it's actually dependence. It's actually participating in the life of God's people, the body. Um, which is amazing, right? Maturity is dependence. It's being dependent for, on each other, ultimate, you know, ultimately on Jesus, but part of maturity is being dependent on each other, too, is, uh, people that are all part of God's people. Um, some of you are living your lives like maturity is the opposite of that. Some of you are living your lives like maturity is to depend on people as little as possible. And what I want to say to you tonight is that Paul calls that immaturity. Not being willing to depend on people, Paul calls immaturity. He'd say you're missing the boat on what life is about. And then he goes to this idea to kind of wrap it up about speaking the truth in love. Uh, One of the simplest ways we can put our need of other people into practice is by doing what Paul calls speaking the truth in love. Um, Paul says that we speak, that when we speak the truth in love to each other, we will become more like Jesus. And this is something that's almost completely lost on us, right? Uh, we're, we're, we're only going to grow if we're in community. And we're only going to grow if people are telling us the truth about ourselves. Things we don't realize that we need other people to tell us. Um, 
And we're good at two things. I think we're good at not that. Like speaking the truth in love does not come natural, but we are good at speaking. I'm really good at speaking the truth in hatred. I can do that all day, every day. And we're really good at speaking lies in love, you know, or what we think is love, right? Like withholding truth because we think, I don't want to hurt this person. I don't want to offend them. Uh, but what we're not good at is speaking the truth in love. And we need to be doing this. I, I ha- this happened to me. I may have shared this story with some of you. I'll never forget it. I was on a road trip in college with a friend, three or four hours in the car together. And I was just kind of being myself, which was not a, a good thing, apparently, because uh, what I was doing was just being kind of like sarcastic and mean. And we were on this long trip together. And after a while, he just said, hey, man, it just feels like you're putting down every single thing I say. He said it just like that. He was being a good friend to me. And I can remember like the tears welling up in my eyes because it hurt. And I knew he was right. Like I just like mentally quickly went back to like the last few things I had said and how our conversation had been. And I was just like, oh no, he's right. (laughs) And I didn't see it. Like I would have never seen it. Like I was like, I'm a jerk. I didn't know it. Now I know. Thank you. But this hurts. I needed to hear it, though. Uh, So what does it mean for us? Uh, I think it could mean asking someone you trust, hey, how do I come off to people? That would be a bold thing to ask someone you love. Just be like, can you tell me, like, how do I come across? Or ask someone you trust, uh, do you think I'm making, like, wise decisions about this stuff? Uh, you might find that you're being too easy on yourself, but you might find that you're being too hard on yourself. You know, you might find out all kinds of things about yourself that you didn't know uh, because you didn't seek out someone else's perspective. And then this is really where we get to see that community is so challenging because there's this risk, right? Like it, it could be awkward. Like it was awkward when my friend just straight up told me like, hey, it feels like you're putting down everything I say. We rode in silence for a while while like, I was just like dabbing the tears out of the corner of my eyes. You know, two like 20 year olds in the car. Like it's awkward, it's weird. So how can you take the risk? You can take the risk when the basis of your faith is a God who sees all your flaws and loves you still. Who sees all your flaws and laid down his life to bring you in. And when you come to see yourself as part of something so much bigger and better than just like being a little good little boy or a good little girl so that God will love you. So I want to just close by asking you, how will you step out this week for the sake of the unity of God's people? Uh, Who will you ask for help this week? Who will you ask to pray for you this week? Uh, Who will you make an effort to get to know that's different from you? Uh, Who will you have that conversation with that you should have had a long time ago? If you do any of that stuff, life will get more complicated, uh, but it's also going to be more the way it's supposed to be. It's going to be actually more like it's going to be in heaven someday.
So I'm going to pray that we'll, we'd be able to do that this week and always. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, pray that we would know more of your grace. We pray that your grace would drive our unity. Uh, we pray that we wouldn't make it backwards again and think that we need to do all this stuff uh, so that you might love us or uh, favor us anymore. Uh, but instead, we pray that uh, we would drink deeply of your grace always. And that because of that, we would be uh, people that uh, get along with lots of people, uh, that are brought together with lots of people, uh, that speak the truth and love to one another, uh, that are gentle and humble. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.